good afternoon, everybody, and happy new year. Um, it is not day one. It is day two. It is not Saturday. It is Sunday. But you still know what that means. It is time for the High Risk Wrestling Podcast. And I am the alpha male. Jeremy Pierce, welcome, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the High Risk Wrestling Podcast. Now, this episode was supposed to be uh, recorded on um, New Year's Day. But I had a really, really bad hangover. Like, terribly, terribly bad. I was sick, and I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. I could not do it. So here we are. But I got you. Um, it's going up a little late, still got a little bit of a headache, and um, I'm going to just knock it out. So, there also won't be an episode of what just happened to kind of be thrown into this recap uh, today for day one, as we do have a lot of news, there are some things that went down, but uh, let's just go over a few things. So, it's a new year, so we're going to do some things differently um, first of all, check me out on my socials, Instagram, charismatic underscore creations, 52, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, charismatic creations, and on Twitter at the 215. Now, what we got for you today, we got some new music. Um, we're going to go back into, uh, going to add the. Remember when we first started this and I was doing the yes counter, if Raw and SmackDown started off with a uh, opening show promo? Yeah, we're going to go back to doing all that. It kind of fell off. We're not we're not messing that up again. Okay, so that's going to happen. Um, starting in February, uh, the podcast will also be on YouTube. Uh, just to bring in more people, bring in more viewers, and I'm going to try to expand to a few more places. And what else we got going to have for you? The YouTube channel is going to be on and popping. We're going to be doing a lot of different things um, when it pertains to wrestling. But I got to get over the sickness first. Same thing with my Tumblr uh, and Facebook. That'll be all together with my movies, my TV, my wrestling, the podcast. And that's what we'll be doing. Okay. So last week, uh, I believe it was the day one preview. And... I had a special show lined up today, but because of something that happened, we got to change it up. You know, schedule is subject to change. So today we'll be doing what just happened. Day one pre uh, review and um, AEW and diversity. And that diversity doesn't mean just black, but we'll we'll dive into all of that in a little bit. But for now, you know, what's next? go on and hit my music okay okay um so yeah if a lot has happened a lot a lot a lot has happened so uh first things first the wwe they had a show at madison square garden it was a house show and usually you know that's their home did not did not do well in terms of ticket sales the garden seats around 
10.500 while they only sold 5,376 tickets and this show only had about 51% capacity and this, these numbers come from WrestleTix, the Twitter account guys are great um, yeah it's not um, um, now part of it has to be has to do to you know um, the Omicron virus the Omicron variant of the COVID uh, virus and um, the vaccine requirements but he also added that uh, they also added that um, the show wasn't selling well in general so got to there we have to see these things this is one of the this is what, the second or third time in about a month where shows have not done well and it looked horrible um happy corbin talks about how he's happy that his finisher is protected and yes he is absolutely correct the end of days is one of the most protected finishers in all of wrestling the only finisher that's more protected than the end of days is the um one winged angel like nobody's ever kicked out of the end of days let that sink in everybody and and uh more finishers need to be protected um they, they, they just do they're there for a reason um, top talents have been pulled from holiday tour events uh, for a lot of reasons, but the main reason being COVID. Honestly, there shouldn't be a holiday tour. I think what you should be doing is with the last two weeks of the year, everybody should just have those weeks off, be with their family, like tape the shows ahead of time and let people be home. It's that simple. It's 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 really it's really that simple. Um. But you know, WWE got a WWE. They they were keeping talent off of tour events to minimize losing their day one matches. And guess what? They still lost at least one day one match. Raw from this past week was rewritten due to the COVID outbreak that the WWE currently has. Actually made for a better show. The WWE actually are at their best when their backs are up against the wall. Now, in some dumbass news, they're no longer requiring weekly COVID testing for their talent. Let that sink in. What? In contrast, AEW is still doing weekly COVID testing. Why would you not test for COVID? This is this is so idiotic, man. Like I don't, I don't get it. And they're changing their quarantine protocol after the outbreak. Everyone has to quarantine for five days, not ten, because that's the new CDC recommendations, which is fine. Follow what the CDC does, but you're not testing for COVID, and they've already stopped testing staff. I just sometimes things sometimes things just don't make sense with this company. Rampage, uh, the Christmas night rampage, uh, did well in the ratings. It did a let me see, what did it do? Five hundred eighty-nine thousand viewers with a point twenty-six in the eighteen to forty-nine demo. That is very very good for a Christmas night rampage. It's pretty. That's pretty pretty dope. Whereas. Holiday Bash the following week dropped in ratings. Um, Holiday Bash did 975,000 and a point 37 and 18 and 49. I mean that's down from the over one million it did for the first night of for the first night of Holiday Bash. But New Year's Smash was still was still good. 
um, still those are still good ratings. Uh, some shocking news, but not really so shocking anymore. Tony Storm has been released by the WWE, and um, look, she requested her release, and I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be mad at her. She was great in NXT UK, kind of floundered around, did some few good things in regular NXT, and then when she got a call to the main roster, she was she had a start stop push. Um, Right before her release, she did an interview on Out of Character with Ryan Satin where she was talking about how she just hated sitting and catering and not doing anything and not being used. And she's 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 right. You know about the catering crew. Most of those guys are actually gone now. Um, Tony asked for her release and good for her. Take control of your own destiny. This wasn't a budget cut. Like After her match at the holiday tour, mind you, she wasn't scheduled. They called her in the last minute. She just flew herself out home and just left. I loved Tony Storm. I loved Tony Storm. And I can't wait to see what she's going to do next. Um, and she quit without giving anybody any notice. And fuck them. Right? Fuck the WWE. Fuck these dickheads, man. I'm over it. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts has COVID-19. Um, he's doing well. Um... He's in good spirits and seems like he'll be he'll be getting better. Uh, Sue Young has announced in the creepiest fucking way possible that only Sue Young can do. She announced she is pregnant. Um, she is married to Rich Swan. They've been married since uh, 2017. Check out the uh, promo, the, the reveal on her on her Twitter and on Impact's Twitter. But Sue Young is a great great talent, and um, congratulations to her and Rich Swan. Yeah, uh, DDB had to confiscate an anti-Nick Khan signed on Raw. Um, <laughs> the sign read Nick equals Khan, C-O-N. Tony equals Khan, K-H-A-N. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck Nick Khan too. Uh, DDB rejected several pitches to change up the day one pay-per-view. We're talking about ropes, mat colors, camera angles, and they were all rejected. They are they are so scared of change. It's ridiculous. They are terribly, terribly, terribly scared of change. And that's why they're in the position that they're in. Now. That's why they're they're stuck where they're at right now. Impact's Hard to Kill pay-per-view, which will be taking place this Saturday. Completely, completely sold out, which is great. Um... Got a good, good card too. There's a Texas Death Match for the Knockouts title: Deanna Perazzo versus Mickey James. Uh, the X Division title: Steve Macklin and Trey Miguel. Knockouts Tag Team title: Madison Rain and uh, Tino Dash were taking on the Inspiration. Knockouts Ultimate. <laughs> There's a Knockouts Ultimate. I am watching this. There's a Knockouts Ultimate X Match: Chelsea Green versus Lady Frost versus Tasha Steeles. Versus Rosemary versus Rochelle Ellering versus the Impact Digital Media Champion Jordan Grace. The winner gets the title shot for themselves. Oh my God, I can't wait. I think this is the first Ultimate X match uh, for for the women. There's the Hardcore War uh, featuring Heath Slater, Rhino, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, and Willie Mack taking on Violence by Design. And uh, the team of Eric Young, Cody Dean, and Joe Daring, and the World Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers. Uh, we got jo- Jonah versus Josh Alexander. 
and triple threat match for the Impact World Title: Matt Cardona versus W. Morrissey versus Moose. This is a very, very good card. I'm actually really excited to see this. I'm actually going to watch this show because uh, I can never get enough enough wrestling. But I'm definitely going to watch the show. I'm going to do my best to cover Impact a lot more next year. Uh, Vince McMahon criticizes not Vince McMahon, Mick Foley criticizes the WWE poor booking of their heels and. Uh, he was on Tacos with Thunder Rosa. Um, and he's right. He says, um, and I'm going to quote him. I'm going to quote him here. Darby Allen, if I could, if I was in my prime, I would put my hands on Darby. The one thing I say sometimes that's missing, and this is, I guess, a knock on Man, he wants every heel to look like they're trying to win at every moment. He's real big on covering for everything. That's great. For some people, but Abdullah the Butcher didn't. He didn't go for coverage. He looked like he was there to end your life. And sometimes that's what's missing um, when it comes to baby faces. They're not fighting to win. They're fighting for their lives. The Dirty Bees booking obviously is bad. But Vince going to Vince. Roman Reigns has tested positive for COVID-19. So he's out of, he was out of day one. Um... And the WWE title match was now become a fatal five with Brock being added there. So Roman is doing well, and we'll see what happens with the head of the table. Um, this throws a wrench in their plans just because there was a lot riding on Roman and Brock. They did everything they can to make sure nobody can get COVID. And mind you, Roman wasn't on that tour; he was pulled from that tour. So <sighs> we'll see because things are all fucked up right now. The WWE, they're also no longer using the term pay-per-view. They're now using premium live events. Because it is a premium live event, but we're still going to call it pay-per-views. Drew McIntyre will be out with an injury. They ran an injury angle at day one after his match versus Madcap Moss. Uh, we don't know long how long he will be out. He has a cervical neck strain with severe contusions. So it doesn't sound good. And... The WWE will have a really, really hard time booking the women's Royal Rumble. They just, they just are. They don't have 30 women on the main roster, so which means they now got to use women from NXT. They got to call on some legends, even try to get some celebrities. But they don't even have 30 women on the main roster, and you can't drop it down to 20 because that's unfair to the women. You have to treat everybody equally. You did this. You, you fucked up your own roster this way. So now you got to suffer the consequences. And John Moxley's entering debut has been confirmed as he'll be taking on Homicide at the Hammerstein Ballroom for GCW on January 23rd. So it's good. Mox is in good spirits. Rehab. This is good. But uh, we'll be right back. Yo, yo, listen, <laughs> um, the week in review, so we've got three shows that SmackDown was a recap show, and we're going to toss in day one, but for now, let's just, let's just get into it, so Monday Night Raw was a rewritten show due to COVID, and actually, it wasn't that bad of a show, there was, there was structure, there was actual structure to the show, and... Um, that's always best. So first things first, did Monday Night Raw 
open up with a talking show, talking promo, any kind of promo. Yes. Orton and Riddle, and they've been opening up the show a lot over these last few months. But they had an opening show promo, and uh, it pretty much just led to a match with them taking on Chad Gable and Otis. Uh, Riddle taking on Gable, Orton taking on Otis. Both matches went four minutes. Orton and Riddle both won their matches. Um, I kind of wish uh, Otis didn't lose. I don't know. He's been looking good these last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, he's never bad losing clean to Randy Orton, but I wish he would have won. KO has was carrying the show with promos as Seth Lashley. And Big E weren't on Raw. So Seth was carrying the show with promos. He just did. The Street Profits beat the Mysterios in the Arcoy Bronimit finals. So they were going to they'll be taking on um, RK Bro at day one for the Raw Tag Team Championship. AJ's beef is continuing with Grayson Roller, who showed up, and then uh, AJ was also confronted by Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Now before they went to the commercial break. It was supposed to be AJ versus Commander Z's, and we didn't get that. We got AJ versus Apollo. It's a match I haven't seen before, which is good. They went, uh, I think, eight minutes. Give me more. Give me more. Um, KO beat Cedric Alexander because we needed to do something. And I don't know what the point is of putting KO and, uh, I'm sorry, put Cedric and Shelton back together if they're going to lose. Cedric also lost to fucking Veer on main event. But Vera is coming to Raw. Whatever. Damian Priest defended the United States Championship against Dolph Ziggler. And Ziggler wins by DQ causing... Ziggler caused a DQ, which he made Damian Priest lose his shit. I I don't know where they're going with this. And on our main event segment, um, Maurice and Miz were for doing their vows. The officiator of ceremonies was none other than Eric Bischoff. So he was there. Uh, we know how this shit ends. Even Bischoff noted that Edge um, came out, pretty much gave Miz and Marisa brood bath. That's how Raw ended. I didn't hate Raw. I wish. You know what? I wish. I wish that AJ and Apollo win at least fifteen minutes. They just got a little bit more time. I mean, when you got to rebook shows like this, wrestle. So, like, the tag team match was good, but I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see Riddle and. um, I would have loved to see Riddle and Gable go at least 10 minutes. You know, AJ and Apollo go 15. Just give me some more time. So, I didn't hate Raw. He gets a fist. NXT on a, on a, on the other hand, kind of hate it. Um, I originally gave it a fist. I'm giving it a thumbs down. Why? Grayson Waller beat Odyssey Jones, and I, and I know we're we're building up Grayson Waller. I get all of that, but weren't we also building up Odyssey Jones because he's just like not here anymore? MSK uh, defeated M- uh, MSK and Matt Riddle called out Imperium. Okay, so they're going to have a match next week. We'll go over the New Year's Eve Evil card next uh, after this. Tiffany Stratton made her debut. She wins a squash match. She still needs work. She's got her character down, but 
NXT is still development, so she definitely needs needs work. And we had a contract signed between Melo and Roddy as they will be unifying the North American Championship and the Cruiserweight Championship into the new NXT North American Cruiserweight Championship. We'll see how long that lasts. The Creed Brothers did prick Trick Williams through a table. Uh, Sola Sakao defeated Santos Escobar after Zion Quinn interfered. Um, this is something I don't like and I don't agree with. Legato is a main event uh, uh, act. They should be on the main event. They should be on Raw or SmackDown. Legato needs to be called up. Uh, a lot of people should be called up. Two more people need to be called up as they just lost a tag match. Raquel and Cora Jade defeated Io Shirai and KD Ray. And because they won that match, they'll face Mandy Rose in a triple threat match for the Women's Championship. So now you're guaranteeing to have another bad match when it comes to the Women's title. In what universe could Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez defeat Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray? Io and Kaylee Ray need to be caught up to the main roster along with Dakota Kai and Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. Get them off of NXT. Please. Get them off of NXT. Like I said before, New Year's Eve, uh, NXT, build it up to New Year's Evil, gets a, a, a thumbs down. The funny thing is the card for New Year's Evil looks good. You have the six-man tag, MSK and Matt Riddle taking on Imperium. You have the women's triple threat match for the women's title, Mandy Rose, Cora Jader, and Kel Gonzalez don't really care about match. You have the unification match for the... Uh, NXT North America Championship and the Cruiserweight Championship. Roderick Strong versus um, Trick Williams. You have the NXT Championship match. Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun uh, Breaker. Ciampa's probably losing. Um, and I think there is one more match I don't know I don't really fucking care um whatever Dynamite actually didn't have one of its better shows it was a very heel heavy show with all the heels winning um and it's a very tag heavy show so our opening match was FTR and the HFO taking on Christian Cage Jungle Express and the Lucha Brothers FTR and HFO won it's good to see them get a win um, well, this this is pretty much is used to continue the Lucha Brothers Jungle Express Tag Team Title Feud 2.0 and Dan Garcia defeated Eddie Kingston in the Proud and Powerful. Jericho made, makes his return to make the save, which Eddie didn't like. But this is like three wins that 2.0 now have over Eddie in some way, shape, or form, especially by using the tights. Okay. Uh, Wardlow wins a squash match, taking on Colin Delaney. But his face turn continues, but we got to see more from Wardlow at this point. The last time Wardlow was really used effectively is when he was feuding with um, Jake Hager. Dan Lambert or Brandy had words. This all was just a build up to the Rampage um, TNT Championship match, which Cody wasn't even there for. Here for on Dynamite. Jade Cargo beat Thunder Rosa to, to, to advance to the TBS Tourney Finals. And like I knew Jade was going to win, but it was how she won. Uh, Mercedes caused Mercedes Martinez made her AEW debut and caused Jade Cargo the match. We're also gonna do something new. We're also going to do the interference counter or the bullshit counter of how many times AEW has like interference and bullshit in their matches. So 
We're already at one. Let me write this down before I forget. We're already at one. Let me actually get the right book. But yeah. Uh, so the finals next week. Jade Cargo versus Ruby Soho for the TBS Championship. Um, and in our main event, the Undisputed Era. I'm calling that for now. Defeated the best friend in Orange Cassidy. And this was pretty much... We know where this is going. We're, this is leading to um, the Undisputed Era. And to take on the Elite. And then Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega once Kenny comes back. So this that's where we're going with this. I'm perfectly fine with this. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to enjoy all of it. But uh, Attack Heavy Dynamite gets a fist. Um, wasn't a great show. Wasn't a bad show. It was just here. So now what just happened? Day one. So as I said before, Roman Reigns was out due to COVID. And Brock Lesnar was added to the WWE Championship match. And if you've seen the trend when Brock Lesnar is added to matches, you know how this is going to end. But um, our opening match was the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the New Day. Um, it was a good match. We're starting to reach Randy Orton and John Cena levels where they just keep fighting and we're getting the law of diminishing returns because they do put on great matches. This was one of their, this is a good match. It wasn't one of the best matches, but it was still a good match. The Usos retained and we'll see what's next. Um, Drew McIntyre beat Mad Cat Moss. This was such a random feud and I really think they wanted to have Jeff Hardy in here, but obviously no happened with Jeff. Uh, they ran an injury angle later, so uh, uh, Drew will be out of action. And our next match was the Raw Tag Team Championships as RK Bro defended against the Street Profits. So, this was a good match. Migos showed up um, to help out. Now, why would you pair Migos with RK Bro and not the fucking niggas? The Street Profits? I don't. No, but this was a very good match. Um, this is a very, very, very good match. RK Bro does retain, and everybody shook hands, and everybody looked good, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, Edge beat Miz. This was an okay match. Um, I actually wanted Miz to win, but we know where this feud was eventually heading, as Beth Phoenix made her return to run off Maurice. So, possibly we're going to get Maurice versus, pretty much Maurice versus Beth. Um, at some point, and then Edge and Beth versus Maurice and Miz. If it happens on Mania, I'm going to be really upset. This, is, this will be another intergender mixed tag match, whatever, that the Miz will lose again. Him and Maurice should have beaten John Cena and Nikki Bella. And in the main event, <sighs> Brock Lesnar wins the WWE Championship in the Fatal Five-Way. Now, this match only went nine minutes. And here's a fun little fact. The WWE has had four black WWE Champions. Brock Lesnar has ended three of the four reigns. He defeated The Rock, he defeated Kofi Kingston, and he defeated Big E. 
wrestling facts. The thing about this match was everybody caught enough five except for Bobby Lashley. Hmm. Except for Lashley. So, will we finally get the Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley feud that we've all been craving? Hopefully. And I actually need to skip over this. Becky Lynch defended the Raw Women's Championship against Liv Morgan. Becky does win. She won with the Manhandle Slam. This was a good match. This was this was one. This was probably the best match in their in their in their um, feud between Becky and Liv. This was very good. Um, this is the best Liv has ever looked. So now the next question is, what's next for both of these women? Liv can't get another rematch. She's lost what two or three times to Becky already. Um, we might be going back to the well of Becky versus Bianca. But as for as as it pertains to day one. I'm going to give the show a 7 out of 10, and that's because uh, the matches were good. And sometimes the quality of the matches can carry the sometimes uncertain and unwanted outcomes. So that was day one, y'all. Our matches of the week, we have the Raw Tag Team Championship match, RK Bro versus the Street Profits, the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan, and from... Rampage, the street fight between TJ versus uh, Penelope Ford and the Bunny. Our stars of the week are all the women in the street fight. Anna J, Ty Conti, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny. These girls put their put everything on the line, and the match is up there with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Most definitely. Don't let anybody else tell you different. But that's the weekend review. That was what just happened, and we shall be right Alright, so originally I was going to look at um, the AEW and the WWE roster and look at people, men and women who are primed and ready to take that next next step to be a champion. But we're going to do that show later is getting moved to February, I believe. But so something something happened over the, the weekend. Big Swole um, requested her release from AEW. She was granted it. She had an exit interview. And she, like everybody does, and she has a call-in show, right? And she just decided to mutually part ways with AEW. It happens, right? She said it was an emotional moment when Kenny Omega thanked her for everything she did with Diamante in their feud. I'm going to get to that. Um, it made the women much more comfortable about pitching ideas. This led to a final conversation she had with Tony Khan. Um, and I'm going to. I want to read it. I want to read it. Verbatim. Okay. I explained to TK, Tony Khan, that I didn't want to resign because my peace was being disrupted. If anybody knows me or knows myself, if anything is, is disrupting your peace, it's time to let it go. It might be scared or be hard, but it's time to let it go. 
When Kenny said that, it was a circle coming to an end because Kenny and I will bump heads sometimes throughout my time in AEW. To end it on that note felt good. It felt wonderful to end it at a place where we didn't see eye to eye, but we were there. Um, now, we know that Kenny Omega at one point was in charge of the women's division, and he was not doing a good job about it. He was not doing a good job with it at all. And it just, no. So she has her extra interview, and she said this. She also said that AEW needs to learn how to take criticism and restructure it. And I quote, my heart just stopped being in it as the reason why I left AEW. I felt like there were a lot of things I told him in my exit interview. There are a lot of things that need to change. I know fans of the company don't take criticism well sometimes. Certainly. And she's right. AEW fans, diehards, don't take criticism of the company well. Continues. Know this. This is somebody from the inside. The structure is a little bit off. It's fine to be loose, but I like to have a little bit more structure. I felt like the woman shouldn't have gone through everything that they went through just to get on TV or get time. You're assigned to this big big company, you should get time. All these men are getting time, but the women weren't getting anything. Or you're not putting people on TV because more people are coming in. Okay, there are more people coming in, but you don't have enough product for all of these people. Now you have all these people sitting around having two or three minute matches on dark, and that doesn't make me happy. Shoving more money doesn't make a person happy. We've seen time and again, especially in a place where there's not enough space. There's no writers in a sense. Not everyone is comfortable writing their own things. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's exactly what environment that's exactly what that environment is. If you are shy and don't know how to write or are not creative, it's not going to work unless they want it to work for you. That's one of their biggest issues, he said. Um, so as so right there, you see that there is a difference in how they run their writers room. They let their, their wrestlers, their stars, they let the wrestlers and the stars come up with ideas and pitch ideas. That's something that WWE does not do. And with something they get criticism, criticism, criticized for all of the time. Um, and I do like that fact that. AEW allows their wrestlers to speak their mind. Continues. Um, outside of the lack of the structure, which is their biggest issue. Outside of outside of lack of structure, their biggest issue, which is diversity. I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity and my people. Now, I'm going to start right there. First things first. Diversity doesn't just mean black. It doesn't just mean black people it means everybody that's not white and we'll dive a little bit more into the AEW roster there is no there is no representation truly and when there is it does not come across in the black community as genuine at all I don't know why everybody is so afraid to accept it or say it but it's not a good look what happens is you have this wonderful company that treats people like family but there is nobody that looks like me that is representative of the top and in the room with them they are, they are not helping to necessarily influence decisions, but to explain why certain slang and certain words shouldn't be said. There is no one else who can explain our culture and experience except for us. And it ends with this. I knew something was up with when my daughter, who loves watching wrestling, she will watch AEW all the time and seldomly watch WWE. She's not a big fan unless dad, Cedric Alexander, was on TV, which stopped happening after they botched the Hurt Business. They botched the Hurt Business, we know that. She would say, Mommy, there is nobody that looks like me on AEW. There's nobody that looks like Daddy. 
Then she started watching WWE because she saw Bianca and Big E. She saw herself represented. It wasn't a click. If that wasn't a click, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I don't have an explanation. It's 2021. Why are people saying it'll take three years for AEW to have a black champ? This is a scripted sport. It should not take that long if you have been watching WWE for 50 plus years and you know what not to do, she said. Um, she's now on her big, big swole is now out. Um, we'll see what's next for her. But yeah, she, she makes valid points. It took the WWE 50 years to get its first black WWE champion. They've only had four black WWE champion and she says that there aren't people at the top that look like her that is true I I will agree with that even though I do I really do honestly believe that Jade Cargo will be the TBS champion I believe that true and true thoroughly that she will be the champion um and before we continue, uh, I just want to go over some of the other people's uh, reactions to this. So Tony Khan responded immediately. Um, he said that, this was on Twitter, that the top two AEW execs are Brown, Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, Mark, all won matches on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been buried out which it has been. He says he let Swole's contract expire as he felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Street fight tonight. Now, she, she, Big Swole, did come up with an idea. Um, and her feud with Diamante. And they came up with the three strikes match, which I absolutely loved that match. Loved the three strike match. You know, if you don't know a three strike match, it's kind of like a two out of, it's like a three falls match. So you need three falls. The first match is a pinfall second match is submission third fall is a knockout and so you can be up two to one you can be up with the pin or submission and the, the opponent doesn't need the opponent can't just win with a knockout they got to win by pinfall submission it's a, go check it out it's on um youtube part of their AEW dark but i like the the um i like the three strikes match now after tony's comments came out leo rush was heated um, he said that he's angry because this is fucked up and Tony Khan needs to apologize. He added Tony Khan. Now, after that, um, there's more with Leo. Uh, Leo said this. He tweeted out a text graphic which was letting, but letting fans know he spoke with AEW, including Tony Khan. You know he has a different viewpoint on the matter. He said, I wanted to be clear. I do not consider that consider this to be a diversity issue and that I at no point have thought or said the AEW or Tony Khan is a racist. We can all clearly see that wrestling as a whole and the AEW roster is, is particularly diverse. The issue at hand was a racial insensitivity issue. Having spoken to Tony and Mega, the two top people in charge, we have discussed the endeavors to further understand the struggles of the black community. I'm grateful to be able to understand more about Tony and Mega's own ethnic backgrounds and glad that they are actively seeking input from an active from an African American perspective. I am proud to work for a boss and a company that has tried to make these strides in social equality. 
I look forward to working with Tony to keep making steps towards positive change. I pray that 2022 is a year of positive change in all aspects. So right then and there, like a day after, not even a day after he told Tony to apologize, he had a conversation with Tony and positive change. And now all of these different people are trending. Keith Lee trends after uh, Tony Khan's comments. We know what happened with Keith Lee and the WWE. Now, Ty Conti's old, uh, insensitive, racially insensitive tweets are coming out. Remember when she was in the Mayon class and she said some horrible shit about Caden um, Carter? And she caught flag for it. She, 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 she absolutely caught flag for it. She came out and apologized. So I'm not going over the old tweet shit. I'm not. I'm not falling for that. Now she also defends Tony Khan. She went to Twitter. She says, "As you all know, I am Latin, and I know the struggles. I have an accent, and cutting a promo national TV is not something that you see normally. But AEWTK makes me feel comfortable, and I'm ashamed of doing it. So, yes." Jade started trending and mind you I've, like I said before I think Jade Cargo will win the TBS championship um, many fans have pointed out that yes there, there needs to be a discussion about AEW's roster and their um, treatment of black wrestlers it should not take 50 years to get a black world champion if the company unit is around that long mind you I don't think we'll have a black world champion anytime soon in AEW I don't think so now I really think Scorpio Sky should have been TNT champion already he should have beaten Cody and he was getting these start stop pushes and nothing came out came about it out of all of the black men on the roster I think Scorpio Sky is a star. A star. Like, he can be boundless and endless. Let me go over, let's go over some of these tweets. This is just fan reaction. This is from D Lock Pro. Absolutely. Not this is referring, he's referring to Tony Khan's comment. This is a completely disrespectful, but not only the swole but to the black community that AEW has been constantly not listened to. I want to be a part of the change, so AEW desperately needs to put up or shut up, pretty much, as they're missing the point. AEW has been called out many, many times for how they treat their black stars. Uh, Ashley A Ash loves X Ash loves Rain says Swole said AEW fans don't like to take criticism, and they only proved her point. Only proved her point. Seahawk says it's not even about Swole being right around. It's about you shutting your white asses up about shit that ain't got nothing to do with you. That's the thing. When black people start talking about racism and our struggles and how we want representation. White people gotta tell us how we how we should feel and why we're wrong. Cap the captain Sean Dean, he's AEW's extras coordinator for 
guys in the crowd booking um, the people for Rampage and Dynamite and Dark. His his he he's a black man working in the office, giving. Look at, look at the matches that you have. See, I see. Look at the matches that you have on Dark. A lot of minorities on there. A lot, lot of, lot of minority. And people are trending left and right. I'm, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm loving this. Um, many fans started a discussion about AEW's roster and its diversity, which they have a good, diverse roster. Will Hobbs, Will Hobbs chimed in. I've been featured in some heavy ass spots since being signed to AEW, as well as other minorities. Now, TK has put me in spots at the right time that meant something. Punk, Christian Cage, Brian Cage, Heyman, Mox. Um, Hobbs has a point. Jay Lethal has been <laughs> trending every. <laughs> like, AEW's, uh, AEW's diversity is to put non white people on TV or give them a belt, but they've never featured it prominently. And that's. That's the issue. Somebody pointed out that my man, my man Alfred, um, this is nasty. Who I, who I absolutely love. Um, he says that my man Tony Khan was able to name all the black people who won on TV this month in a single tweet while still having enough room to, to sit, <laughs> to sit, tweet the shape, big Spurs wrestling, and promote Rampage. And this is supposed to prove that they're good at diversity. He makes a very, very good point. He does. Like what? What do you? There's so many sides. There's so. There's so many sides to this. And Tony Khan gets dragged by fans because he he comes out with a tweet thanking the woman for the street fight, and everybody's like, "Dog, you need to apologize to Big Swole." There, there is, there's so, there's so much. Let's look at the, um, let's look at the AEW roster. Let's look at the consistently used non-white people on the roster. Um, Andrade, Anthony Bowens. looking down his list and uh daniel garcia dante martin eddie kingston fuego del sol hook isaiah cassidy jay lethal Lee Moriarty, Leo Rush, Mark Quinn, 
Michael Nakazawa. I guess Miro's a minority. Miro. Ortiz. Penta El Cerro Miedo. Powerhouse Hobbs. Ray Phoenix. Ricky Starks. Sammy Guevara. Santana. Scorpio Sky. Sean Dean. Sunny Kiss. That's the men. And as for the women, uh, Brandy. Emmy, Sakura, Carl Shida, Jade Cargo. Kier Hogan got some, but she's rarely ever used. Uh, Mercedes Martinez just some, but I can't include her. Nyla Rose, Red Velvet, Riho, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Yuka Sakazaki. And Brandy Rhodes is also the chief brand officer. So their roster is actually really white. But they have, quote unquote, enough minorities on there to make it look good. So the question has always been, who's getting used? Um, AEW has diversity. That's the one thing they kept saying, they kept spotting. We have diversity, we're gonna do our best. They have diversity, but when it comes to overall inclusion, it ain't working. Like it's not it's not working. Diversity and inclusion go hand in hand. It's always about representation. Now look at their champions. Uh, with the world championship, uh I think the only non-white challenger to the belt was Scorpio Sky. Think about it, like all the matches that they've had. The TNT champions have all been white. No, Sammy Guevara's leg. He's the tag team champions. The first tag team champion half of was Scorpio Sky and then the current tag team champions are Latin. Two of the women's championship champions have been Japanese and the other one is a black trans woman. So it, it comes to the fact, like, remember, duty is like we're good enough to win the IC title, the tag team title, but we're never good enough to win the world championship. Fifty years, and the, the WWE has only had four black world champions. That doesn't sit right. Um, the entire AEW roster. You can tell that they enjoy working together. They enjoy being in this company. But Tony Khan and to a lesser extent Cody Rhodes they need to do better. Now, I can always go to the WWE because it was a great year to be black in the WWE. Big E, win. Big e and Bobby Lashley win the WWE Championship. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks main event WrestleMania. Xavier Woods wins King of the Ring. The Street Profits stay on top. Yes, there was a misstep with Hit Row, but while they were in NXT, Hit Row was fucking amazing. So, 
even though the WWE has a very, very, very hard time with race, and they do, they did well last year. So, the question is, where where can we go in AEW? Can we get better? Yes, you can always get better. You can always be better. And I honestly really believe it starts with you got to give people pushes, but the pushes can't seem forced. At some point, I would love to see Santana and Ortiz become tag team champions. At some point, I would love to see Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks and who am I missing? The guy's name is in my head. Hobbs, Ricky Star, Scorpio Sky. I would love to see them elevated through and through. We can always, always, always do better. Everybody, 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 charming. Even, um, I think Sheeta chimed in. She did. She did just responded. I love AEW. Now, mind you, they and listen. They treated she a little bit like trash. The the at the end of her run, everybody's got to get fed to Britt Baker. But um, I would love to see Tony come out and say something better and say something different. And he he does a good job of speaking to the media. He does. Um. He does a good job of taking. He doesn't do a job. He doesn't do a good job of taking criticism, but he does a good job of listening, and that's something that he hopefully does more and does better. Because we can all be better. Um, but I want to know what you guys think. Especially to my, my my black community out there. Let me know what you guys think. Um, this changed my entire flow. My entire weekend. But here we are right. So. Uh, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. For coming out. I appreciate you all. Um, we're going to try to get things popping. We're going to really really try to get things going. Okay. Uh, moving forward. You know we're going to. I'm putting the show on YouTube. I'm um, starting in February. The show will be going on YouTube. As I get the YouTube channel up and running a little bit more, um, I'm gonna try to be a little bit more consistent, especially when it comes to the what just happened covering shows. I'm definitely gonna try to cover Impact a little bit more. But that's our show, everybody. Next week we'll be looking at from Jobber to Star. Um, people that went from Jobbers to Stars. <laughs> um, check me out on the socials. Instagram charismatic underscore creations 52 charismatic creations on YouTube Tumblr and Facebook and the 215 on Twitter and last but not least as always Gigi Dolan Zia Lee and now mm, Nikita Lyons go check her out on 205 live holla at your boy peace